Welcome to VC for Stupid Idiots. We are your idiots, Marianne, Michelle, and Francesco from NomadicMinds.Capital. Here, we interview the best investors on the planet to learn their secrets and tell them a lot of bad jokes. Then, we use their knowledge to invest in emerging market startups. Because this is the most effective way to lift people out of poverty and make outstanding returns. If you want to see what we are investing in this week, please join us at nomadicminds.capital. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to our podcast this evening. We are called VCs for Stupid Idiots, where we are the idiots. And today we have a very special guest of us, Parker Stanberry. And uh, Parker, just to get us off started, would you like telling us a bit more about yourself, please? Sure. Um, uh, I am in my early 40s. I grew up in Houston, Texas, and then spent my early career in New York City. I did a couple years in, in the corporate world and finance on Wall Street and a couple years at a, uh, a film studio, actually, and uh, but always had sort of an entrepreneurial mindset. I, I ran a student run business in college. I was a classic lemonade stand and, you know, guy when I was six years old and doing yard work and selling baseball cards and you know, always trying to do something entrepreneurial. So uh, in my late 20s, I decided to sort of devote my, my career to that. I, uh, I moved to Argentina, not really knowing if I would uh, stay there and, and do something entrepreneurial there, but being open to it. And I fell in love with the place and I had an idea, which we'll talk more about later. And so I ended up staying in, in Argentina for eight years. Um, it was an amazing experience, uh, super, super challenging in many ways just being a being an expat period but being an expat starting a business in a country you don't know in a language you barely speak not not super easy and then uh, for the last six years I've lived in Miami where I, I moved the HQ of our business uh, to Miami which is uh, has been a cool experience as well so uh, yeah my company's in the travel business and and that's definitely a, a labor of love uh, a, a passionate a passionate traveler. Urban, particularly love love cities, love love urban travel, and you know F and B and all that kind of all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah, it's a little bit about me. Fantastic. And uh, um, if I'm correct, I saw from your LinkedIn that you 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 your company's name is Oasis uh, Collective, correct? Yes, and, Oasis uh, Collections. Would, yes, Collections. Sorry. And uh, would you mind like sharing what inspired you like to develop these entrepreneurial ideas of yours and your business at today? Sure. So you know, I am not a. I've always. I, I am a, not a true creative. I am someone that is good at assessing quality ideas or, or, or material and, uh, and and doing something with it. Like when I worked in the film business, I was kind of more on a evaluating the quality of a project and deciding if we should purchase it, work on it, release it. I'm not going to sit down and come up with a film idea. So I, it's kind of my general approach to entrepreneurship, which keeps things quite close to my own kind of passions and my own knowledge, you know, areas of knowledge. So with Oasis, I moved to Argentina. I was a expat, you know, going to experience a new country. I looked on Craigslist and local real estate sites to find a place to stay. 
It was kind of an uncomfortable experience. I had to put a security deposit down. I'm dealing with a random stranger. Or, you know, how is this going to work out? And so pretty quickly when I arrived there, based on that experience and meeting others like me, I said, huh, there, there should be a better solution for this. So what I created was basically a replacement for hotels if you're going to be somewhere for an extended period of time. You're somewhere longer than a few nights, so you don't want just a hotel or sort of a, a crash pad, right? And you're also mm -hmm. not going to be there for a year plus where you'd want to sign a traditional lease maybe and buy furniture. I felt there was nothing in the middle that was a, a good solution. So um, basically decided to, to start it. I, th I thought it was an obvious hole in the market. I thought it applied to not just Argentina, obviously, but a, a global a global challenge. Um, I thought it applied to individual travelers as well as corporations moving people around the world. So basically just saw from my own experience a big a big gap in the market and a big opportunity. Fantastic. And uh, knowing what you know now, like, is there anything that you would say that you would have done differently from when you first started out? Yes, uh, many things. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a, a couple of thoughts. Well, you know, uh, you know, because I know you guys focus a, a lot on emerging markets and sort of entrepreneurship in emerging markets. Um, mm -hmm. at, at that point, this was 2009 when I started the company in Buenos Aires. I thought, in retrospect, it was a great place to start a business because there's a lot of talent, high level of English, low cost uh, of overhead, and low cost of living. So that all made sense. I think, unfortunately, back at that time, the access to capital was quite limited, and especially being an American with an international concept, but based in Argentina, it was kind of a weird setup for people to get their heads around. So in retrospect, I actually probably should have set up an office or you know move the HQ or set up an office in Miami or New York sooner. I think it was just challenging to to get the, 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 the funding traction out of Argentina. Um, so that was one of them uh, that, that I sort of wish I'd, I, I'd acted on sooner. Um, I also think again, an, another point on, on the capital side and the investor side, just have, being more thoughtful about who are your original investors and, you know, investors, partners, board. Like, I think you, it's, it's never too early to think of what the, setting up the right structure and, and right stakeholders, assuming things will go well, you know, because I, I think a lot of people, when you start a business like me, when I started Oasis, I thought, hey, maybe this is just going to be like a side project, right? Maybe not something I'm really going to scale. So I didn't spend a ton of time on those types mm -hmm. of questions. And I, I wish I had sooner. Yes, absolutely. And uh, what advice would you give someone who is trying to become an entrepreneur or is only just starting their first business? Another another tough and, and broad one where, where there's many many answers. Uh, well, yeah, one, one answer I would just to repeat what I what I just said is is you 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 need to even though it's the boring stuff you you've just got to put in some time early on thinking about again structure investment structure board structure, partner structure, how will you set this up to make it viable in three or five years? Now, not for 20, because at some point, no matter how well you set it up at the start, you're going to have to evolve your structure and your investment base, investor base. But putting some thought into 
what will, if this goes well and we raise some capital and we start generating traction, am I going to be happy with this partner that I brought in early and gave 10% equity? Am I going to be happy with the structure I set up from an investment perspective, who the investors are, et cetera? So I think, you know, that, that focus on the structure, the boring structural questions early. The other is, um, you know, and this is, this is just, you know, maybe a, a bit more of a personal one, although I think it's pretty universal is deciding whether you're, you're all in on something as early as possible and, and, and preferably being all in on it there. Of course, there are scenarios where people have done something on the side and then it's it's become successful but to me I, I don't i don't love it when i hear an entrepreneur come and they're super excited about an idea but they're like yeah i'm gonna keep my full-time job and sort of try to do this on the side like you know maybe yeah, you have yeah. to you know you got to pay the bills so maybe for you know the first couple of months but but i think to me like it's competitive out there you've, you've got to be all in on something with your own time to, to give it the best chance to succeed. Ooh, great. So basically just to recapitulate what we discussed, entrepreneurs listen to Parker, the noise all. And what he said is that guys, think of a two, three years time span. So don't think of two, think of tomorrow, obviously, but pay attention to two, three lifespan, not the 20 years, but the two, three years, because it makes sense. And then commit. That's the, that's the two things that make difference. Yes. Okay, got it. Cool. So with the time is running over. We've got three minutes. So I'm going to ask you a super fast question. That's it. Wow. I'm expecting you to, to be answer. Yeah. I'm expecting you to reply with one sentence or one word. If you don't know the answer, just say no. Okay. And then you're going to say no a couple of times. Telling you. And then, yeah. Are you ready to start? Sure. Let's do it. Cool. Okay. What kind of tree can you hold in your hand? A cactus. A palm tree. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, so you raised some money. How much did you raise? I raised about $30 million over the course of, of this business. Perfect. What would you like to say to the people that say no when you pitch in front of them and now you are a complete success and they lost on you? Um, well, I, I get lemons into lemonade. So I always would take any any rejection as a as a learning opportunity, which is another thing I would give that as advice. Okay, but okay, but what about them? So like those people told you, listen, you're not right for us, and now you prove them wrong. What what would you like to teach them? So like you are teaching guys, you tell me I was wrong because I wasn't from a from a cool university. Now look at me. What would you like to tell them? Dude, you're already successful, so who cares? <laughs> I would say, oh, oh yeah, for the investor community, yes. O open your mind to different verticals and countries and type of people. Not everything has to fit in a box. Perfect. So the problem you think right now is that not enough people are, let's say, have their minds open when it comes to emerging ecosystems or specific markets or, a, or a specific industries. Yeah, I think it's gotten better, but I think it's definitely still a very, most industries, many industries are narrow. They have their own way of thinking. I think in venture investing is, has had a very narrow, narrow uh, avenue that has worked in many cases, right? It's not like people who invested in Facebook were stupid. <laughs> it worked very well. It's just, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's just maybe there's opportunity for a little bit more, again, breadth, creativity, 
you know, yeah. mm-hmm. in, that, in that space. Okay, got it. And why the keyboard is tired? Um, yeah. Because someone hit pause? No, it has <laughs> two shifts. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Okay, so just for all the founders out there, so to tell them to keep strong and keep going, how many no's did you receive when you were founders? Oh, wow. Uh, like percentage. Oh, I mean, percentage. Well, I probably, you know, if I take out like friends and family and just talk about institutions, I've only ever had three institutions in, invest and I've probably pitched four or 500. So, I mean, what's that? 0.3% yeses? Yeah, if you go 400, then you go three is less than 1%. 0.75, something like yeah. Okay, yeah. so 0.75, but yeah, it's better vol- than this guy, and you prove them all wrong, correct? It's a volume game. Yeah, you, uh, yeah. yeah. The, the, the rejection is, is not something you you can absorb absorb a little bit if there's a learning, but otherwise, it's just on to the next one. It's 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 a volume. It's a volume game. Okay, so, so you just believe believe yeah. in what you're doing and just keep pushing, like keep doing it, keep believing, keep trying, and you will succeed. Indeed. <laughs> so, Fantastic. My, my question is so, sorry if I keep asking this question, but I, I, I love to hit, literally to get this information out from your head. What, so, the advice to founder is guys, keep pushing. You're going to make it. You're going to make you're gonna, you're not, you are not going to make it in the 9.25% of the case. You're going to just make it in the 0.75, and that's enough. That's the message. And this is great. The other message is. What's wrong with the VC right now? Are you I raising right now? No, I'm not raising right now. Okay, so what's wrong with the VCs right now? <laughs> why did you so those mistakes? Why did not Why did they believe in yeah, you? Yeah, I think what you. I, I think you know it, it's it it's a it is a narrow a narrow mindedness. Also, you know a, a bit of uh, you know for a long time maybe they didn't have to look elsewhere. There wasn't enough incentive to look elsewhere because you know when this when venture was just kind of getting hot. You could just look next door if you were in New York or in San Francisco or London. You just look next door and there's plenty of opportunity. There still is a lot of opportunity in those places. But I think it's become more clear now. There's the, the, the landscape is more competitive. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of funds, a lot of dollars chasing opportunities. So you can't if you're just looking next door, that's that's sort of a too easy. It's a lazy approach like you really, you know, I, I think and you people need to be more in the space more open-minded proactive develop a strategy that isn't just based on um you know what what's what's in silicon valley and and, and those type of founders and those type of verticals um you've seen a lot of improvement since i started doing this you know miami where i live has become a big sort of secondary market a second tier market hotspot for for venture um you know company you know, funds like endeavor that's sort of a non-profit but that supports for-profit entrepreneurship you guys might know them they're you know super active in latin america and that's i think been a a huge improvement since i started you know raising money down there 12 years ago so i think it's going in the right direction but yeah like like anything else it just needs uh it suffers from inertia right and and it needs to be people in the space or new people who aren't in that want to come in and shake it up just need to you know think more open-mindedly and creatively and, and try to push the envelope a little bit 
Yeah, hundred percent. And then, like, I mean, like, SoftBank is a great example. Like, Mar the guy they led SoftBank, Marcelo Duarte. I mean, he's from whatever Colombia. I don't remember, but he started to invest. In, he was the first one, like, the first uh, massive fund to invest in Latam. And he deployed like billions and billions, and he he basically had an IRR that is impressive for the size of the fund, etc. And he he could only do it in South America because. Simply, there's no competition. The startups are great. The people are great. They just need money. And valuations are lower. Yeah, valuation are way lower. Lower. The same thing will happen in Africa. Will happen in Southeast Asia and all those countries. And the reality is that it will happen because people keep focusing on Silicon Valley when there is a world world where innovation is happening. And totally. So it was absolutely great. Before I the last question of the night, what's the similarity between? Stars in my grandmother's teeth. <laughs> Black holes. <laughs> no, they both come out at night. Uh, cool. Thank you so much, our listeners, all our listeners here, all the three of them, for being uh, <laughs> present our podcast. And yeah, so let's uh, let's see in the next episode. Thank you, Parker. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thanks, Michelle.